meantime, we're getting ready for our upcoming New Year's Eve. And we don't do New Year's Eve. Someone's already asked me. Well, of course, we will have Sunday morning services right here. Normal time frame. Yes, we will have Sunday school. We'll have our normal choir warm-up at 9 o'clock. We'll have uh, our normal Sunday school time at 9.30. We'll have our normal worship at 10.45. And then later on to the afternoon, uh, Mark will be ready for choir practice. So no choir practice uh, at, at 4.30. So we'll meet back again at 6 o'clock for evening worship. So if you are a part of that on New Year's Eve, we'll be out. Uh, I'm going con- to be conscious of evening time on New Year's Eve, having spent the New Year's serving uh, in law enforcement and people who drive intoxicated. So I want to give you the opportunity to get home early, so we'll let you out uh, early Sunday evening. So if you're interested in that, we're going to have a neat, neat, neat uh, study that Sunday evening on names. And we'll take a look at that. Sunday morning, you don't want to miss that sermon. We're going to be talking about brand new year and what we can do to make 2024 a little better for us as Christians. If I can just think, I'll do our part in that. Please plan on being a, uh, a part of those services. And, uh, if you go out to the foyer, you'll find there's a brand new sign up list that's out there. That sign up list is for the United Baptist Association of Texas, it's our association. And some of you want to go on the 15th, 15th and 14th for that meal. And it's not a potluck or anything like that. What they need to do is get a people count so they know how much food to prepare. So if you're interested in that, you just write your name and how many people are going uh, for the 14th. That meal is at 4.30. Following 4.30, you'll have a uh, minister's wives and a, a ladies kind of uh, teaching or whatever that case is at 5.30. The executive board will meet at 5.30. And then, of course, at 6 o'clock, we'll have our associational annual. And then the following, we'll have our worship service. You don't want to miss that. Unity Baptist Church uh, singers are a blessing. If you've ever heard them before, they're going to knock your socks off if you haven't heard them before. And so I want to invite you to come be a part of that as well. You do not have to sign up to attend the worship service. If you are interested in the 4.30 meal, you sign up for that so they have a take back how many people are coming. They would greatly appreciate that. All right. Also, I've been asked to remind you that the upcoming activities on Saturday, January 13th, in the Pride River Baptist area is not just for youth kids. That's for anybody who wants to go concerts, and it's games and activities and a couple of contests on how well you play dodgeball and things like that. If you're interested in that, you can go out by the bulletin board, you'll find our flyer and it's packed up there and have a QR code that you scan with your phone, and you can register yourself there if you need to go for that. Some of the youth kids will be going, they're going as a team, and they're going to enter the dodgeball and human football contest and things like that. So, but uh, if you're interested in that, uh, you can do that. So, you don't need to go as a group, you can go on your own as that. Or you can tag along with the music as well and be a part of that. You can go to various events. All right. I'm sorry. I would think so. Uh, but, you know, you make sure you find your own uh, transportation there and back. And that. So, uh, but yes, I, I would think so for that. All right. There is no, no food provided. So they let you out. I think it's from 12 to 3 or something like that. It's 12 to 3 or 12 to 4. And they let you out and go for your own food. So, okay. All right. Any other questions or comments on any upcoming activities for us around here? So, coming right out in 2024, swing in the back and ready to roll. So, it's going to be a busy, busy, busy year. Start planning for it for now. All right, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to please the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Hope and pray that you all had a very merry Christmas and hope that you got some good gifts and gave some good gifts. And I want to remind you what the Bible tells us it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And sometimes we forget about 
uh, and sometimes we look forward more to getting on Christmas Day than giving. Um, had a chaplain friend of mine years, and he and his, his wife were the only ones left in the house. The kids had grown up and moved away. One was serving as a sheriff in the county here in Texas. One was a uh, highway patrolman for the Texas Department of Public Safety. And the other was serving in full-time ministry somewhere. And he and his wife were still in the ministry. And uh, they had turned their Christmas into a time of where they would give to certain ministries, whatever it may be, different every year. They would give what they were going to spend on Christmas toward a missionary or toward a uh, SCC dignitary, something of that nature, whatever they felt like to give to that year. And I was often inspired by them and what they do. And so they found a ministry of support of that each year, a mission over the years. So beautiful people, and they, they would often live like philosophy, which is more blessed to exist than it is to receive. Uh, so I'm hoping that you had a good Christmas, and I'm hoping that you will have a blessed and happy new year. So we're going to take a look at some New Year advice as we look into tonight's message called God's Family or Family of God. We're going to take a look at some of Jesus' family. So you might have that question, what happens after Christmas? Sometimes people feel like, well, Christmas is over, New Year's is coming, I'm just kind of kind of zoning my way to the New Year, just kind of making it there, uh, full of food, full of fun, and just kind of uh, on cruise control until I make it there. Well, let's take a look at some advice that we can put to work to help us make it to the new year. Let's begin, shall we? We're in Luke chapter 2. Let's take a look at the next slide. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41, the Bible tells us, His parents went to Jerusalem every year to feast for the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not Supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was, and after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to them, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. So I love this particular story. And I love how it together, kind of the ending of the first saga of Jesus. He started out with this beautiful picture of an angel visiting Elizabeth, who is an older woman. She's married. She's childless. Her husband is somebody of some prominence inside the community. He's a priest, and he's a priest that is related to some of the Aaronic people here. He actually got a chance to go into the holy place. Not the holy, the holy, holy place and burn incense there. So he is of the, of the course of Ahijah, and he is an interesting individual. Um, with that being said, though, the angel appears. You know the story. Let him know that he's going to have a son. His son's name is Yohanan, Yohanan, John, and he becomes John the Baptizer. Later on, that same angel is sent to Maria, to Mary, and you know this story as well. So I don't want to spend too much time on the background, but Mary. 
marriage that's going to be very similar. You two are going to have a child. This is going to be different. It's not going to have an earthly father. This child is going to be virgin born. This child is going to be of the most high. In fact, we're going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He will save his people from their sins. And you know the story, so I'm not going to spend a lot more time on it. He goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. He comes back, and Joseph, of course, being a just man, this is the Matthew account, Matthew chapter 1 and 2. Matthew account there, he says, I have mine to put her away privately. I don't want to see anything bad come to her, but I can't live with her. I can't trust her. I can't eat my heart out like that. And the angel again appears and intervenes and says, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is uh, in her is of the Holy Ghost. And of course, this kind of solidifies this whole story together. Caesar Augustus proclaims this text, and of course, Mary and Joseph take this long way. That's where we'll begin with the back of this text. We're looking at God's standards. Sometimes, now this is our first lesson. This is coming up in the year 2024, and sometimes we're thinking, what do we need to do to make the year 2024 successful? Well, I don't know about you, but I, I do have a lot of fun with New Year's resolutions. I do. I love to see how fast I can break it. Somebody say amen. True. In fact, I almost put up on the marquee today. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed today's marquee's message. Uh, what I almost put up on the marquee today is, you know, God lasts a lot longer than your resolution. True. True. For He never lies. But I have a lot of fun with my making kind of traditional for me. Uh, do I find them spiritual? No. Do I recommend that Christians make them? No. Do I find anything against them? No. So long as they're done in the right way. Now, you don't want a resolution that's going to bring harm to you or to other people or something of that nature. But there's nothing wrong with good resolutions. I'm going to eat more healthy. And incidentally, let me get some advice on that as well. Eating healthy is good. But I'm telling you right now, if you were to look at the hippopotamus or look at the cows, they are living proof that eating nothing but grass still keeps you fat. Amen. <laughs> so, but don't do good resolutions. Exercise more, losing weight, being more active, being more spiritual. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to be more in my Bible, more in my prayer life, more active in my church. Those are good resolutions. But the truth is, we often break them within weeks of making those resolutions. Sometimes within hours, especially on New Year's Day when that comes that time. Not come. So if you're a Black Eyed Peas fan, that's a tradition. Like you have Black Eyed Peas, I think of Black Eyed Peas. I, it's well known. If you put Black Eyed Peas and cornbread in front of me, I'm probably going to eat it. Somebody say, somebody say, Amen. I love those things as well. Uh, Betsy doesn't make them very much, so I don't have to worry about them very often. Here's the deal, though. Mary and Joseph take this trek. They leave their family. They leave what's behind, and they move on to where God is sending them. And that's the number one lesson we can learn before we even get deep into our scriptures. Sometimes we need to learn that we have to leave sometimes the old stuff behind. Sometimes we've got to get up and get out of where we used to be and go to where God wants us. And some of you have been sitting in the pews for a year now saying, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I beg to differ. You do now. You're just afraid to get up and follow. You're afraid to get up and go to Bethlehem. You're afraid to get up and go. And so you need to take Mary and Joseph's example and get up and go. I also firmly believe that that was one of the greatest things that could ever happen to a young, betrothed couple. 
And I often give that advice when young people come in and say, Pastor, I want to get married. I often tell them, okay, get married, but move away from families for a while. And they'll say, why? I say, because you have no one to team up against you with when you're wrong. Or when you're right. You have no one to say, see, I'm right. You have to work it out together. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me and Betsy is we had nobody to call. Nobody to say, look, Mom, she's mean to me. Look, Dad, he's an animal. And with her, we had nothing like that. Both of our families were very distant at that time frame. And so, Betsy and I had to learn to work it out. And let me tell you, just comically at this moment, but I remember our first fight, our first real fight. I'm not taking much time on this, but I remember that. And I told her, like a lot of brand new grooms do, I'm leaving. Threw my wedding ring down on the floor. Bang, you know what we thought of? How the sheep to put on the wedding ring. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nowadays, I'm happy if somebody puts a sheet on the bed. Amen. That's what we were fighting over. You know, Betsy put the flat sheet on, and she put it on upside down, so when you fold it out, the laces look right. And I could not seem to understand it. So I argued with her, and argued with her, and argued with her, and it turned into a fight, into a fight, into a fight. And then she proved me wrong, and I just couldn't handle it. I can admit it now after 25 years of marriage. It only took 24 and a half to be able to do that. However, I left house. We had one car that had no gas in it. Talking to God, God, you need to change her heart. Some of you know what I'm talking about. God, you need to change her mind. That stubborn woman, you know, I knew the scripture. You told me not to, to marry a, a, a cantankerous woman. I said, yeah. And after about 25, 30 minutes of walking, I had nowhere to go. So the seminary closed down. There was no professors to go hang out with. There was no Bible students to hang out with. I didn't want to go to any dorms with any young guys in there shooting pools. Instead, I went back to the house. I remember knocking on the door. Betsy had locked it behind She opened the door. And I thought, well, I'm back. You know what she said?
therefore, when the time came for that child to come forth, they wept. Moving on then to our scriptures, we'll find that Jesus doesn't see a baby forever. Though a lot of us like to keep Jesus baby in the manger, we like to keep our faith like that, in a baby in a manger. And we think of, oh, sweet, innocent baby Jesus. But the Bible doesn't tell us that. Look with me in verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, Oh, Jesus rose up, and that's a picture that your faith and your relationship with God must grow. Somebody say amen tonight. It has got to grow. It can't stay as a baby. It can't stay as a, a little baby in the manger. It's got to grow up. It's got to learn to walk. It's got to learn to fall. It's got to learn to get scraped. It's got to learn to get bumps and bruises. And it's got to learn that there's mean people in the world. It's got to. It can't stay there. Here's Jesus at 12 years old. We're looking at God's family now, which is you all apart. Perhaps there was a time that the pastor, I need to put Jesus in my heart. Maybe it was many, many years ago. And throughout those years, you've walked away with me. I've been bumped too many times. I've fallen too many times. I'm scared to walk. In fact, I'm going back and just crawling. I'm crawling all the way back to the manger. for you to grow up. It's time for you to be what God has called you to be. Trust in God. My Bible tells me when Jesus was 12 years old, now we're looking at this physically. Fully 12, there's some versions of either the American Standard or some type of New King James that's fully 12 years old. They want to commission after a couple other things. And a lot of scholars will say, well, that's his circumcision, not circumcision, that's his bar mitzvah. Very well may be. The Bible doesn't Fully 12 is a, a Jewish way to say he's on the edge of being 13, and they go this time to the trip to Jerusalem to celebrate his bar mitzvah. What is the bar mitzvah? Being son of the law. Son at 13 years old, and that's when a child reads publicly from the Jewish scriptures and says, I'm accountable to God's law. Perhaps that's what was happening here. I can tell you what feast they're going to, though, because it's eight days long, and I know what feast they're going to. Week. Very well. Could be that one. What else could it be? Could be Passover. Yeah. Passover. Unleavened bread. See, Passover was actually one day, and then they had the seven days of unleavened bread, and a lot of Jews combined it, making an eight-day feast, and they would call it unleavened bread. Uh-huh. So, we get this picture here of this baby Jesus growing up, and this baby Jesus learning to walk, and this baby Jesus learning to be on his own? Somebody said, he disappeared from the home. What are we talking about that? Look at me in verse 42. When they fulfilled the days that they returned, the child Jesus carried, carried behind Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. And that's the next part we're taking a look at right now. Because we're looking at year 2024, and we're looking at what's coming up for us. In the year 2024, you're going to find out that God will often test us. Now, God does not tempt us God does test us. So what are some of the ways that God might test us? Well, number one, you probably already know this, God will give you a job to do. Somebody say amen. He will. He'll give you a job to do. But you know some of the other things God tests us on? Sometimes we don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling that we want. It comes from Christianity. We want that warm, fuzzy feeling all the time that says, God is with me. I'm moving to tears. I'm in the spirit of worship. I'm on a mountaintop high. Understand in verse 43, Joseph and 
Mary didn't know Jesus was not. Are you getting the picture here? Sometimes, sometimes you've got to learn to grow in your faith that even though you may not have Jesus holding you by the hand, He's still with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's still guiding you. He's still leading you. He's still got you in His will. So you might be saying, I need to have that warm, fuzzy feeling. I need to have that mountaintop high. And maybe that describes your relationship right now. But I want you to know 2024 doesn't have to be like that. 2024 can be at the point where you know God is with you no matter what He's doing somewhere else. You ever... You ever one of those Christians who gets mad when God does something with somebody else and says, how come you didn't do it with me? How come you didn't do it with me? Do you bust in the, the church or the synagogue and say, Jesus, where are you? How come you're with them and not with me? You ever came to church before and you sit in the pews and people come down the aisle, they get saved, or people stand up and say, God did this for me. And you're saying, sit down, be quiet. Twenty twenty four can be a different year for you. The other thing we need to talk about though is that Mary and Joseph knew not of. They didn't know Jesus was God. I find that remarkable. I find that remarkable. We find that in the scriptures before. You might remember the prophet Samson, the judge. Samson, my Bible tells me, Samson thought like that many times the Holy Spirit would come upon him as of before, but he did not know that the Spirit of God. get a picture here sometimes. And I'm not saying Mary and Joseph were living their life wrong. But we get a picture sometimes that if we're out of God's will and we're not doing what God wants us to do, then God's going to let us go where we think we need to go. That's a part of the growing process. That's a part of the growing up as a Christian. When you make a choice, when you make a decision, I'm going here and I don't care what's happening. I'm picking me. I'm picking my wife. I'm picking my family. And we are leaving the church. Did you see the picture that's here? Where was Jesus? He's in the temple. He's in the church. Mary and Joseph are leaving the church. And perhaps that may describe you and your relationship with God tonight. You say, I am leaving church. And I don't need to be in church. I want you to know where to go find him. I want you to know where Jesus was. Even though he thought. Moving on now. We're painting a picture that doesn't really belong to Mary and Joseph. But it may belong to you right now, too. I've got to get out. I can't be with those religious Pharisees, those holier than thou art Sadducees, those wannabe Baptist preachers. I can't be there with them. So I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'll just be in my family. We'll worship God on. You ever met somebody like that? Perhaps you know somebody like that. Perhaps you got somebody in your family like that. I could have church at home. I could have church here. I could have church there. I could do church out on the lake. <laughs> you know what you're doing? Taken off, and you don't even know who's all with you. Incidentally, I love this picture of Mary and Joseph because they're human, aren't they? You need to understand she's not infallible, she's not sinless, she's human. That means she's got to forget things like we are. Well, she can leave the stove on or the oven on and walk out the door and come back and the eggs are burnt. Happen. She too can say, I'm going over here and I'll grab that kid in a second, and then 10 minutes later, I forgot the gal. <laughs> Somebody say amen. They left. 
Listen to what the Bible says here. Look with me in verse 44. But they supposed him to have been in the company on a day's journey. He sought him among their kinfolk in the plant. Ah, Jesus is just with our other friends. He's just with our other family. Ah, he's just in the acquaintance with Peter. Go find him some other time. Isn't it so good to have a job? Isn't it so good to have a job? Have you done that before? I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep going my way. I'm going to keep doing it the way I want to do it. And you know what? He's here somewhere with me. He'll pop up when we're ready to go. And we're ready to have him. Have you done that with God? You know, I'm not back to doing that with God. Online, you're sitting at home and you're in your own comfortable living room, and you say to yourself, God comes around when I need God. About two and a half years ago, somebody contacted me to Pastor Tuesday visit the church. She is asking for a priest. So I drove over to her house. She didn't live very far from me. And I got there, and she said, Yes, I want to talk to a preacher. She said, Great, how can I help you? She said, I want to know about this. I said, Well, first thing you got to do is develop a relationship with God. She said, I got a relationship with God. Okay, how so? She said, I've got my own church right here. I've got everything I need. And so all I need now is a preacher to bless it. I said, that's not going to happen. She said, why not? I said, you're going to get to do it on your own. Church is a You know what church means? Community. It's called mountains. It's fellowship. The ecclesia. Those that are brought together. And those that commune together. She said, well, well I, I worship God my way. And that's okay. I'm okay with that too. However, what she did was turn to me and say, I don't need to be with anybody else. So you get a picture again of Mary and Joseph leaders. Well, he's just over here. He's just over there. And when I want him, he'll pop up. You ever treated God like that? You ever treated God like that? Have you ever told God when I need you, you better show up? When I want to find you, you better be available. Look at Mary and Joseph. They supposed that Jesus was a friend, was a family, and then when they decided to start looking for him, they could not find him. They went a whole day's journey. Look at me in verse 45. When they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. Can I tell you another spiritual truth? God doesn't do our will. We do God's will. We do God's will. We do what He wants to do, not the other way around, even though we often think that's what's going to happen. God, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And God, you're going to do it the way I want you to do it. And God, the results are going to be how I want them to be. A lot of the time, we don't find out that we need to believe that. Verse 46, it came to pass, and after three days, they found him in the temple. Where did they find Jesus? found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. When they saw him, they were amazed. Listen to what Mary says. This is verse 48. Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee. Oh. He said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Don't you know what a God is? Wish you not that I must be about my father's business? Don't you know that I've got to be doing the will of God? Verse 50, they understood not the same which he said to them. Why? Because like a lot of us, 
Well, this is where I was, God. How come you're not seeing it? Look again, verse 51. And went down with them and came to Nazareth with subjects unto them. And the mother kept all these things in her heart. Oh, how we conclude that. This is something she remembers. This is something she drew by. This is something she put to work in her life. And she put it to work in her life. We need to put it to work in our lives. So what are these things that we can learn? Number one. Number one. When we take God from the church and we take Him out into the world, don't think for one minute that He's going to do it our way. Don't think for one minute He's going to do it how we want it done. In fact, we need to come to realize that we do it God's way. God's timing, God's resources, God's method. Number two, when you start looking at everybody else and say, Where's God? You ain't going to find Him like that. You want to find God in people? You're in church for the wrong reason. You come to church saying, how come I don't see God in these people? You're here for the wrong reason. You're here to see God. You're here to worship God. You're here to talk to God. Is that right? Throughout my years of pastoring, many people come to me and say, I've been hurt by preachers, I've been hurt by deacons, hurt by elders of the church, hurt by teachers of the church. You know what? You're not here for them. You're here for God. You're here for God and God alone. One famous preacher put it out a couple of years ago. He said, if you let someone in the church drive you away, you never came to the church for the right reason. You need to be here for God and God alone. Think about that for a second. Jesus was there with those Pharisees, those Sadducees, those teachers, those doctors. When I think of doctors, I think of later on in Jesus' ministry. One particular doctor who stands up and tests Jesus. What is the greatest commandment written in the law? Jesus is going to ask him, What is the greatest one? And he answers, I wonder, those of you that see this, if you really want to hear I can tell you this. Later on, when she's at the cross, I'm wondering if that detail is in your mind. Does she not admit to the doctor? I wonder during those three days when they were looking for little Jesus, I wonder if they thought it worked like we would. Somebody's got it, somebody's hurting, somebody's thinking. On it says three days in the tomb. There was a reminder to Mary that she's going to be about to find She's probably going to be talking. That's the third thing we need to learn tonight. Take time to reflect on the things you've learned in 2023. Put them to work in 2023. Let this year be the best year. I don't know about you. I am very interested in what happens in the 
very interested in what's happening in China and Taiwan. I am very interested in what Russia does in Ukraine. And I am very interested in what God's people will do in the year 2024. Right now, they're redefining new labels for homosexuality. There's a brand new term. It's no longer LGBTQ+. Now have another one. <laughs> My goodness. It's now got X exponents on it. That's my favorite thing. That's right. I wonder how many churches will embrace it. How many churches will say it's okay? How many churches say we can do this? And still have God's favor. I can tell you right now. I want to go back to God's house. I want to go back to God's word. I want to go back to where Jesus was with me. And I must live out my father's house. We're going to close in a word of prayer. And I hope to see you guys Sunday morning. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Know how I thank you, Lord, for your word. And ask you to take charge of me. Speak to our hearts. Is there anyone, Lord, that needs to come to know you? Would you let Simon do that? Anyone need to get their relationship with you? Right? Would you let Simon do that? Right? Or anyone, Father God, that just needs to be encouraged? Fill you, Lord, fill your nerves, and let them know that you're with them. I also pray, Father, that as we depart your house tonight, you keep us safe. Bring us safely back again on Sunday morning to worship you, and may your name be glorified. Give us opportunities to witness, Lord. Let us share the gospel with everybody we know. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great night. If I do not see you Sunday morning or Sunday night, have a happy and wonderful new year. Shalom.